This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack canning certificate given away during the show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bell and Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And now that uh, uh, COVID is starting to... Uh, uh, let's uh, put it this way. Things are opening up a little bit. Uh, you should be able to use those tanning certificates pretty soon. And today's trivia theme for us old timers is the movie Jaws. Remember that, 1975? That'd be kind of fun, see how much you know about Jaws. All right, our special guest today is Evan Palmer, welcoming him back from of Bay Credit Restore to discuss credit repair uh, Evan, welcome back to the Best of Investing. Thanks so and, much. Yeah. Now, since we, I, we're trying to remember, we had you on probably like uh, January of, uh, or earlier this year. What has changed in credit? Because uh, I, you know, with COVID and all that, you had these deferments, and right. you know, we, we talked about this before on the show when you weren't here about how uh, deferments they kind of show up, but they kind of don't on, on your credit reports. So why don't you go into that? Yeah, the CARES Act, the uh, the big two trillion dollar stimulus package that was that was passed after the lockdown happened, um, inserted a little bit of language into the Fair Credit Reporting Act, uh, and really the the word of the day was accommodations, okay. and accommodations could be. I just want to don't want to leave anything out. An accommodation could be a forbearance, a deferral, a loan modification, a skip a payment, a pause, some kind of deal that a uh, borrower could work out with a lender. And inserting that into the Fair Credit Reporting Act allowed for some consumer protections when it came to reporting so that if a person worked out a deal with their lender that they could missed some payments, it wasn't going to show up as late payments on credit reports. Of course, you know, (laughs) anything that is out of the ordinary for a lender reporting to a credit bureau, sometimes things don't go as planned. um, And and there were some mistakes with some lenders, uh, even in following those directions. But that was the big thing that we saw. And so actually, I mean, when you think about um, how many people were uh, at that point where they wanted to or felt they needed to ask the lender for some kind of accommodation? You think about how that plays out. And let's say that tens of thousands of people um, are not making a car payment this month, which was agreed to. But when it comes to the reporting of that, um, if everything goes as was agreed in the CARES Act, then there'd be no late payments. Yeah. 
even and now we know that if we had tens of thousands of people making car payments, we know for sure that there would be a certain percentage of those payments that would show up as late on credit reports. Okay. But not now. <laughs> so um, I'm thinking, and, and I'm just kind of you know playing this out in my head as we go along here that uh, it seems like we ought to see an increase in credit scores due to these accommodations playing out at least until people reach the edge of the cliff. But, but there was so we don't know where that point is yet. Um, I remember Mark had mentioned in uh, previous shows about how it shows up as, as a memo, right? Mark, remember that? Right. So, so there was an article that was titled like a uh, uh, payment deferment or payment forbearance is, is the new scarlet letter. And the, the, it pointed out, and we've actually seen this in credit reports that we pull on people at Pacific Private Money. It shows up, there's a little memo section on credit reports, and it will actually say that they're participating in a deferment. So even though it doesn't impact your credit score, uh, thanks to the CARES Act, it's something that lenders are looking at and, and denying applications, at least anecdotally. I don't know if there's any studies or statistics on there, but we've already heard, we've had borrowers land in our, at our company with a loan they thought they had either approved via non-QM or, or, or other conventional or non-bank sources for a relatively you know, a market rate refinance only to find out that their application had been killed because they saw that the lender that is saw, oh, well, he skipped a payment. Boom, he's out. Are you? Are you? Are any, are any clients coming to you, uh, uh, Evan, to ask you for help? Is there something you could do to fix that? Can you get those memos, so-called memo, uh, uh, whatever, however it shows up on the credit report? Can you get those removed? I have not. I have not seen those come through, and um, I, I don't doubt that they're out there. Um, generally. I'm concerned with the scores, you know, yeah, that, yeah. and we all know that that's only one component of approval and lenders have many other things that they're looking at. Um, I do see many credit reports coming through where the mortgage advisors or, or potential lenders comments after the main section uh, demand some kind of explanation. Okay. For, we're, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit more in the next segment. Let's go ahead and cut to our first, uh, uh, commercial break. The uh, trivia theme is the movie Jaws. How does Quint, remember the kind of the gruff guy who gets eaten at the very end, uh, how does he get the town's attention when he enters the town meeting? The very first time you see him is when he enters the town meeting. How does he get the attention of everybody? All right, that's our <laughs> odd trivia question. Call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. We are going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the best of investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff and Mom Fon of Pacific Private Money. First trivia question on the movie Jaws. How does Quint get the town's attention when he enters the town meeting, Mark? 
I'm still shocked that you did the whole spoiler thing and said he gets eaten at the end. Uh -huh. oh, I'm yeah. not going to watch it now. <laughs> uh, that's not one of the questions. You so, fingernails on the chalkboard. Yes, very good. Fingernails oh, on the chalkboard. Oh, nice. Everyone cringes. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. That's how Mark gets our attention here at the office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get back to our guest, I want to make a, a mention here. SeaTrek uh, is open for rentals, trips, and classes, even with COVID places, uh, excuse me, policies in place. Spend a day or evening kayaking with us on the protected waters of San Francisco Bay. Professional guides can take you on a number of routes around the Bay Area. They have single and double kayaks, lightweight paddles, and comfortable life jackets. In addition, uh, they have stand-up stand paddle boards, uh, but reservations excuse me, are required. So go to SeaTrek.com to start your adventure. All right. Um, nice, nice commercial, right? When you're talking about Jaws. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry. You shouldn't. You shouldn't see any big white, great, big white. <laughs> we, can, we just don't go outside the bay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. the bay. We go outside the Golden Gate. They have they have a board off of the Fairlawn. See, when you have a guide tour, the guide gets eaten first, so that's a good thing, right? Oh, there you go. Okay. So uh, we're welcoming back our guest, Evan Palmer, who is a uh, credit specialist. We'll call you a credit repair specialist. All right. There you go. Now, what, <laughs> what other changes have you seen and what advice do you have for the listeners uh, to increase their credit scores? Yeah, well, um, uh, something that we are seeing is a tightening of credit. And when that happens, one of the telltale signs are credit cards that are being, shall we say, deactivated, <laughs> closed out uh, by the by the lender. By the lender. Um, obviously, when when credit tightens, they don't want to leave a whole lot of loose ends out there. And uh, a couple of pieces of advice that I've been giving. Um, one is if you've got credit cards that are sitting in your wallet that are inactive. For instance, I have three and I use one pretty much. So I have two as kind of reserve. Well, I went ahead and, and put a small charge on each one of those and then paid it off immediately. And I'm going to do that every few months huh. just to keep them active because credit cards that sit around inactive for in, in good times for a couple of years run the risk of being deactivated by the lender. Uh, when when credit tightens, they could be deactivated at any point. So that's one thing that we're seeing. Another thing that we're seeing is a reduction of credit limits on credit cards. So lenders, at their discretion, can can reduce or increase credit limits. And again, when credit tightens, they're going to reduce the limits. And anybody who is is uh, at the top end <laughs> of that spending limit uh, is likely to be frozen out uh, at some point and say, you know, that's it, um, no more. So these are things that you have to keep in mind just to keep your options open. And that's a, that's a big part of when times get tough is, how, you know, we want to, you want to keep your options open. So sure. keep your, uh, keep your cards active, um, and know that, um, your spending limit, even if it doesn't, uh, you know, even if, if, uh, you've run up a balance that approaches the limit, 
and it doesn't get reduced, that's, that's not good for your credit score anyway. Hmm. If the credit limit comes down, it's even worse. And your score is going to suffer because of that. Hey, so that's, Evan, uh, um, that's a big thing. Yeah. Quick question. So you were talking about, uh, you know, use your, even if you have a card with a zero balance, charge something on it, how long should you keep that balance on there before you pay it off? Does it, do you have to go through at least one billing cycle? I, I don't, uh, no, pay it off right away. You know, uh, okay. as soon as the bill comes in, just pay the whole thing off. You just want to keep it active. That's all. Mm-hmm. And having okay. a charge every, every few months on there and paying it off, that's activity. Yeah, I, I'm not suggesting that you carry a balance. Yeah. Okay. Evan, question about uh, the CARES Act, which you opened up talking about yeah. last segment. Is there a sunset date on that? In other words, is, uh, is there, are we still within that window where your score shouldn't be impacted if you say, call your lender and go, you know what, I'm still struggling, they haven't let my business open, et cetera, I, I, need, I need some more you know, payment deferment assistance. Uh, we right. know that that was a thing back in April and May and, and March, but is that still is it still active today? Can you still call I have your a, lender? And- here's the here's the note that I have. Um, coverage started January 31st, so it kind of went, it kind of went uh, in. It, obviously, it it was passed later so than that. Was a little bit, yeah. Backed yeah, up a little bit. And here's the note I have: it ends when the president ends the emergency declaration plus 120 days. In other words, forever. <laughs> so at some point it's going to end and then you add another 120 days. To my knowledge, um, an emergency declaration has not been ended yet. Do, do any of you guys have any, any feel for that? I as have well? not seen references to that because that's certainly a credit issue. It almost would seems be, it like be that's a big kind deal. of a forgotten aspect. Yeah, so that said, everything is still in place. Now, one one piece of interesting, uh, I guess, <laughs> a point of interest, let's put it that way. There's no language in the CARES Act that talks about or specifies how lenders are to go about collecting that money that gets deferred on the back end. So... It's up to the lender and the borrower to come to terms with that as it's happening. And I suspect that that could be problematic if, uh, if a borrower makes the assumption that they're going to have a certain amount of time to pay back and the lender doesn't feel that way. The lender feels like, okay, when this is done, 100% of that money is due today. That could be a real problem. That's going to be a problem. Though. They're going to have to stretch it out over time. Hey, guys, uh, believe it or not, cutting to another quick break here. When we come back, we're going to ask uh, Mark and Nam how things are going uh, with the various funds that they have and what they see in the real estate market and the lending, lending market. Second trivia question, and again, the uh, movie theme, uh, Jaws, the trivia theme. How much money does Quint, another Quint question here, how many, how many uh, I, I thought it was Quinn, but apparently it's Quint. Um, how much money does Quint want to kill the shark? So what's the, what's the bounty he asks for for killing the great white shark in Jaws? 
Call it like $1982 or $2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would he charge today? 1975 was when the uh, movie oh, came out. I, I remember being in driver's training at the time. Uh, and then we went to go from there to, right, to watch the movie. Um, all right. That's the that's our trivia question. Uh, 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. Best of Investing. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff and Nam Fana, Pacific Private Money. Second trivia question on the movie Jaws. How much money does Quint want to kill the shark? What was his request? $50,000? No. $10,000. Five thousand. Ten thousand. dollars $10,000. Almost. Good deal. All right. Uh, again, <laughs> last uh, mention here also for uh, Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. Uh, they are open during uh, the COVID situation. Uh, great delivery, great pickup, and uh, excellent pizza the way it ought to be. That's uh, Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. Uh, so, Evan, before we forget, uh, if people have credit questions for you, how do they get a hold of how do How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, give us a call at Bay Credit Restore. We're at 415-578-5706. And you can find us online at www.baycreditrestore.com. All right, stay with us. I know we're going to come back to you with some more uh, questions. Let's move on to uh, Mark and Nam. Uh, Pacific Private Money, you guys are in the lending business. Uh, what are you guys seeing in the, in the marketplace there? So I've got four headlines for you in the mortgage lending market. And this is really interesting. These are all fresh headlines from this week. Number one, most of you have all heard this before. Fed to leave interest rates where they are for the next three years. That was a shocker this week. They basically promised uh, near zero uh, federal funds rates through 2023. Uh, the, uh, interestingly enough, the stock market reacted a little bit negatively this week to that. You would think that's positive news, but again, you know, you never really know what uh, there's always, everything's always a double-edged sword, right? So that's, that's headline number one. Headline number two, mortgage lending volume in 2020 is expected to break records, all-time records. So Fannie Mae, the world's largest mortgage financier, said mortgage lending this year uh, is expected to reach an all-time high of nearly $4 trillion. Now, of that $4 trillion, how much are refinances? Because that's really what's driving this boom, yeah. Yeah. is people refinancing. Uh, I refinanced twice this year already, and 2020 isn't even over yet. Um, $2.4 trillion, so more than uh, you know, 60-plus percent of that expected $4 trillion volume is, uh, is in refinancing. And so that's the highest level uh, since uh, 2003 and more than double the level seen in 2019. That is the refinances. Uh, headline number three, the refinancing boom is just getting started. Wow. So even with refinancings driving a record uh, 1.1 trillion originations in the second quarter alone, uh, and testing the limits of lenders' capacities. Uh, several uh, resources are saying that all the conditions are right for a string of even bigger uh, uh, mortgage uh, refinancing quarters 
uh, in the coming, uh, well, fourth quarter this year and then Qs 1 and 2 next year. I remember hearing um, and reading that uh, uh, even though rates are, are now below 3%, you know, the best rates you can get on a 30-year uh, refi now are about uh, 2.86 as of last week. Um, that's expected possibly to even drop even further uh, in, in quarters uh, one and two next year. So um, with uh, everything going on, in the, even with everything going on in the broader economy, this uh, article says, we're still seeing record levels of refinancing out there simply because rates continue to decline. That's, uh, that's headline number three, the refi boom is just getting started. Here's number four, which I find very interesting related to the other three. It hasn't been this hard to get a mortgage in years. Wow. Yep. Which seems a little bit, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but you, gotta, you have to understand there's two things sitting behind that headline. Okay. And this article actually only talked about one. It said mortgage credit in August was the tightest in more than six years as a weak economy prompted lenders to tighten their lending standards. Evan, you mentioned that earlier. So this year, lenders are tightening their lending standards. That's reason number one. Reason number two is the sheer volume of refinance applications are, again, testing the limits. Uh, and in fact, some are saying rates could even be lower, but banks are purposefully not reducing rates further to discourage even more people from refinancing uh, they're, they're alone because you're talking about people who were at three and a quarter and refinanced to three and now they're at three and they can refinance maybe to 2.8 and a half. Maybe uh, if we wait a little longer, go down to 2.75. You know, yeah, you know, do they have to like hire more people to handle the volume and it's not worth it mm -hmm. to them? I mean, well, they have to, and if they don't, they can't. Now, the other thing that we know, and this is not in this article, but I know this, you know, anecdotally, is that the time, that the length of time it takes to refinance your home loan now is getting longer and longer. It's now averaging 60 to 120 days to get a refinance processed through your bank. They just, they're, they're overwhelmed. Everybody I know in this market, in the, in the conventional mortgage marketplace, is busier than they've ever been. Well, that's and, good for uh, you, because you know, you, there are a lot of people who are going to need faster money, and that's where yeah. money comes in. Yep. So it is, and it really is unfortunate. You know, that part of the, uh, the mortgage credit tightening it is really um, unfortunate for people who, for example, took advantage of skip-a-pay or, or payment yeah. deferment. They're finding themselves left out in the cold now um, in, in terms of the ability to take advantage of continuingly uh, lower mortgage rates. And so, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty. Uh, this credit continues to tighten because of uncertainty still looming around the health of the job market and further reduction in loan programs with low credit scores, high LTVs, and reduced documentation requirements also uh, continue to drive the overall decline in credit availability. So again, if you're employed with a regular check and your credit's spotless and you can, you can show bank statements and reserves, et cetera, you're golden. You know, you can just, you can go to your bank every 30 days and, and get a lower rate. But uh, if you're self-employed, uh, good luck. Oh my gosh. Uh, self-employed, in fact, a lot of 
lenders I talk to now aren't taking applications from self-employed borrowers because it's just too hard. The brain damage that they have to go through, they'll just wait for the next guy to come around who has a job, has a W-2 paying job, and will be easier to get approved on that refinance. So a lot of the really interesting things happening, you know, in, in the, on the mortgage side of things. And again, last week we talked about how residential real estate is exceptionally strong nationwide right now, and the residential real mortgage market is exceptionally strong as well. So interesting information there. So for those self-employed um, borrowers, that's where non-QM comes into play or non-agency lending. Uh, and that's been largely where um, many self-employed borrowers have been able to get a loan is are from non-QM lenders, which you know we've talked to uh, talked about a few times on on prior shows. It's a segment of lending that is growing very quickly and one that uh, you know we launched a sister company, Pacific Mortgage Capital, to address that market. Uh, yep. Nam, how do people get a hold of you if they need some of that non-QM funding? Yes, they can give us a call at 415-883-2150, or currently they can go to PacificPrivateMoney.com, but we'll be launching, uh, we'll be sharing a web address for the new non-QM lending division that we're launching. All right, last trivia question. question. In the movie Jaws, what was the name of the island? All right? <laughs> Where was the place? All right, stay with us. Yeah. Best of Investing, we'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon, our special guest, Evan Palmer. Uh, third trivia question in the, movie, in the movie Jaws, what was the name of the island? Tom. AM something. Am, Amity? Or, Amity? I don't know. Am, that's what it was. Amity. Amity ah, Island. Nice. Oh, that's why you thought it was supposed to be Very good. Amity Island. So, uh, Mark and Tom, tell us a little bit about Pacific Private Money because you guys have uh, you guys have more than just the one fund. Yeah. So, um, you know, we recently had a fund uh, information session, which was actually the first one we had where we talked about all of our funds versus instead of, you know, typically we talk about the Pacific Private Money Fund or Legacy Fund. And, you know, starting with that one, it's it's our longest uh, standing fund. It's been around since 2013, currently at about 60 million in assets under management. It's our primary fund and, and used to generally to close single-family residential purchases, some refinances, the majority are of the loans are in first position. Uh, we always talk about the bridge loans that we fund, which is a large part of our loan volume. And typically those are the types of loans we're gonna put in the Pacific Private Money Fund. But uh, this year we launched three new funds beginning in April. We launched the Pacific Freedom Fund, which fund characteristics in terms of the types of loans we do very similar to the Pacific Private Money Fund, but the capital um, that we are raising in that fund, it, for us, it's more like a warehouse line. Uh, it's meant to grow to about you know, 10 million this year. We're going to use it to close loans and then immediately sell them to institutional capital, which has come back in a large way. Um, that one pays 7%, a fixed 7%. Uh, 
earnings to the investor annualized. The Pacific Private Money Fund is uh, seven and a half to eight. Uh, in July, we launched the North Star Capital Fund. We launched that one because of the underserved construction um, marketplace where there's just a lot of builders or who can't get financing and uh, at the same time, uh, housing in California is vastly, you know, under underdeveloped. There's just not enough. And so we've seen an opportunity to, to provide capital to builders, developers, um, and it's just, it's a growing segment. And, you know, we currently have about 5 million in assets under management. Target return for the North Star Capital Fund is uh, anywhere from 8 to 10%. Uh, and the last fund we launched in August, that's the Pacific Southwest Note Fund. Uh, that one's the first one where we're, we're doing loans or purchasing loans outside of California. Uh, in this case, it's Texas is where we're starting out. And these are loans that are what we're buying our seller carryback notes. Uh, and these are notes that uh, the seller has essentially made a loan to the buyer of their home. Uh, and they're uh, oftentimes willing to sell them at a discount and we're buying them at a discount and the, the target return to investors is anywhere from 9 to 12%. Uh, the preferred return is 9 So four new funds, all very unique. And it's, it's been really interesting over the last six, week, ha six weeks having conversations with our investors. We've seen a lot of diversification with our investors across these various funds. Some like saying, hey, I want to invest, diversify out of California. Some say I want to diversify into construction. Some say I just want liquidity, so I'm going to move some capital into the Pacific Freedom Fund because I want to be opportunistic in this marketplace, whether it's buying a home or you know, maybe investing again in the stock market. But people want kind of idle capital, and that's what the Pacific Freedom Fund can afford them because no, no, we have, you can we turn have around a would you give us a deal of the week so that the audience can understand the kind of loans that you guys provide? Yeah. So this deal of the week is actually pretty interesting. Um, this one is, is not actually typical of the kinds of loans we do because this uh, person in Napa County, they were able to buy a house, a historic home uh, from the city for less than $100. And uh, what they were going to do is they actually moved the property as well. They actually lifted it up and moved it to another spot, and they needed the funds to rehab the property and, and also live in it. So, number one, it's historic, which often is not very, you know, you don't see that many. They got it for a steep, steep discount, pretty uh, much 100% off. I would think so, yeah. Uh, as long as you move it out of here, you can have this house, basically. <laughs> and, um, and then they put it on an existing lot where there was already one story on there. So I hope it turns out looking good. <laughs> but how, uh, but this, uh, is a, how much this is a this is a loan that we made, owner occupied, and it's a Victorian. I'm sure they'll do a good job. I'm sure we look at you know their past track record before we make a loan like this. But um, pretty unique, not not something we see very often. How much was the um, how much did it cost them to move the house? I don't know how much it cost. We made a loan for six hundred thousand. We valued it at nine hundred. So. Yeah, I don't know how big of a vehicle you need for that. Lift it up. That's uh, how slow you got to drive. All yeah. that stuff. That oh, must yeah. be interesting to move a house. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's kind of crazy. Um, Evan, let's get let's get back to you for a minute. Um, what what special advice uh, besides the part about keeping, you know, the credit cards, uh, uh, you know, a little bit active on that? Because I, I get notified by a credit card company that 
you know, oh, my credit score has changed. And sometimes, I mean, it goes up 10 points, goes down 20 points. I mean, what kind of stuff is, is going on? Because I always pay my bills on time. Yeah, it's, it's usually because of, of debt utilization, how much uh, is being charged. And then what happens is oftentimes when you see that up and down, it's just a function of what have you purchased on a credit card in the last billing cycle. And even though that you pay it off, as I, I, I pay mine off every, um, every due date, you know, yeah. um, I have my, my one primary card. And let's just, I'll give you an example. Let's just say I, I charge $1,000 on it in the course of a month, groceries, gasoline, whatever. Um, the bill comes due, I pay it off by the 23rd, no problem, no interest, we're all good. The next month I charge $800 on it. Again, bill comes, I pay the $800, I have zero balance, we're good. But what did the lender report? What did my credit card report to the credit reporting bureaus? They report the balance that's on my credit card as of the statement date, not the due date. Gotcha. So on the due date, my balance is zero. On the statement date, it was $1,000, and then it was $800. And that can work against your score. I mean, it does work against your score. If you have a super high credit limit, it's not going to do much. (laughs) But if you don't have a high credit limit, it could be all the difference in the world. Okay, so you're talking about the debt utilization, and I knew I shouldn't have borrowed that $50 from NOM because (laughs) (laughs) Did NOM report it to the bureaus? Wait out. I'm calling Edward every day. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have a piece of advice that... um, is kind of that's new as of this whole thing and that is that it is easier than ever to get copies of your credit reports now yeah by going to www.annualcreditreport.com and that's free and it's free and it it always was free but you only used to get one free report from each bureau over a 12-month period of time as of all of this happening and with the cares act yeah you can get a copy of your report every week. Well, that's really good. All so, the way up until April of 2021. So those companies, we got to cut out here uh, in about 20 seconds, but those companies that charge for credit reports, not sure how well they're going to be doing during this time. Well, it's still far easier to get them that way because <laughs> it is, you know, it, it takes a little bit. I did it myself. It takes a little bit. And, um, and Equifax was still making us mail in our requests, fill out a form. And that, and then all of a sudden that 20 bucks a month or 30 bucks a month doesn't seem might like be, might be worth it. All right. Yeah. Stay with us. The best of investing will be right back with some closing comments. You're listening to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money and Evan Palmer of Bay Credit Repair. Um, Mark, you have an article because we have just a couple of quick minutes to go. Yeah, this one was, uh, this, I, I got a kick out of this one. So while at the beginning of the year, it seemed like millennials and your Gen X and Gen Z were going to finally take hold of the housing market in 2020, 
the pandemic drastically changed that prediction. Instead, for the first time since the Great Depression, the majority of young adults are living with their parents. Wow. <laughs> According to this survey, 52% of young adults, uh, that's uh, adults between uh, 18 and 29, uh, are living with one or both parents as of July. And that's up from 47% at the beginning but, but of the year. So, so you parents out there, we commiserate. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, again, how much of it, I, I mean, it's got a 90% of it has to do with COVID. I got to think, you know. Uh, Absolutely. No, no, that's true. Yeah. I mean, because I, I could. Now you think, now the, the, the again, the, the, uh, the flip side of this, again, every, every you know, newsworthy article has uh, two sides of the story. The flip side is once we're back in recovering from COVID, that's just, you know, there's that many more people who, uh, you know, you know, might have been saving their, their money or lowered their expenses yeah. so that they could be in a position to be able to take advantage of the housing market. Now, of course, uh, we didn't get too deep into the housing market, but uh, um, this, this was a stutter. Home prices nationwide in the month of August, up 11%. Wow. That was not expected or predicted at any point in the last couple of years. We were expecting the housing market, and it was. It was settling down. We were accustomed to, you know, 5% year-over-year -year appreciation rates, and then we were predicting that it was going to go flat, maybe one, two, or three. But again, because of, um, uh, because of low-priced capital and, uh, and, and, the lack of new inventory coming on the market, um, home prices are getting bid up. So while unit sales are down, home prices have gone up. Now, whether or not that turns around and those home prices valuations fall again, once we see some activity on the building side and once sellers decide to sell, uh, once we're outside of, uh, of COVID restrictions, it'll be interesting. And there are some signs. There are uh, another article I saw that there's actually four California housing markets that are predicted to be, uh, uh, the, that have already been, are down five or five percent on average year over year. And these are Bay Area cities, Redwood City, San Mateo, and Fremont, which are all bedroom communities for Silicon Valley, whose wow. prices have gone pretty high. They're already year over year down five percent and expected maybe to drop further. So very, a lot of interesting things happening in residential real estate in California and throughout the nation right now. All right, before we cut out, give out your information uh, for people who are interested in either borrowing or investing. Borrowing or investing, pacificprivatemoney.com. That's our website. Go there and check us out, pacificprivatemoney.com, or call us. We're in the 415-883-2150. And uh, Evan, people have credit questions on credit repair? Right. We're at baycreditrestore.com, and you can reach us at 415-578-5706. All right, here we're going to cut out these. These thoughts are a little bit more on the uh, on the serious side uh, rather than the usual comic side. We have someone helping you is not always your friend, and someone opposing you is not always your enemy. And be strong enough to stand alone, smart enough to know when you need help, and brave enough to ask for it. I thought that was pretty good. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing.
so on. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.